Man, it's your boy Juicy J, man. Shout out to Virtual Homework Podcast. What's everyone? <laughs> what even is that? What's everyone? What's 2021. Everyone? Yeah, 2021, new year, way worse podcast, Dude, apparently. New starting year, off, new us. Yeah, new us. Apparently, I no longer am able to speak English. Yeah, we're just going to get more incoherent as time goes on. It's yeah, I'm going to just keep slamming my head against this desk until eventually, it's honestly sad to listen to, but at the same time, I can't transition out of that. Help me. I, I, <laughs> theme song. What's good, man? Your bo- Not really. I'll do it. I'll do it for half a second. What's the deal? What's the what's the deal? Every episode we have to say what's the deal. We should have like a segment called what's the deal and then we just talk about something. We talk about the deal. We talk about like a item that was $20 and now it's $18 on super sale. Yeah, dude. Speaking of deal, I feel like we got a decent deal on this this week's game. <laughs> Jesus, what a forced transition, but we're doing it. Yeah, actually, we got Wadham. Wadham, 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 I think it's Wadham. Well, yeah, okay, yeah, there is an actual dope theme song of this game, but no, we got it for $10 instead of $20. This is uh, a game by the creator of Katamari and Nobi Nobi Boy. You would, if you play those other games and you didn't realize that just from from the style, then you'd actually have to be an insane person. It has a very yeah. similar style to those previous two games. Style feel, and it was actually it was released to um, audiences last year on the Epic Game Store and PS4, but finally oh, really? came to Steam a week or two ago. Actually, so that's I, probably why I haven't heard of it because it looked I looked on the thing it said it was released like the 26th of like last month or something like that. So. Yeah, I think it was released the 18th of December, so actually about 2 weeks at this point, but it was a week yeah, when yeah. we actually uh, started playing this podcast. Um I'm not sure have you played the uh Katamari series in general or no we know we boy? I have not played any of them. I've seen a lot of uh, footage, but I've never played them. Um, I, I feel like this is not a game you would play if this was your first experience with the uh, game's creator, but... Well, I, I'm familiar with them. Like, I, I'm familiar, uh, familiar enough with those games. Like, I've seen people play hours of it. Like, I know how it works. Like, I know, like, the characters and stuff like that. Okay. I, I Still, I think you're going to probably have a little bit more of a unique perspective on this game versus other games. So mm-hmm. let's actually get into what this game is. So, Wadham, uh, it's a relatively Wadam. new... You're going to do that every single time I say Wadham? absolutely you didn't do it that time there we go you already got pumped fuck (laughs) (laughs) but yeah wadam is a it's really hard to describe actually i'm gonna call this a sandbox game with i think it's a puzzle game it's a a light casual puzzle game i feel it's it's a casual game if by casual i mean literally for babies video game yes um for babies by babies yeah pretty much that there's really zero difficulty uh curve it's a cute game. It's an interesting game. It has an insane amount of flaws, but uh, once you go into like what the gameplay is, it's actually incredibly hard to describe. So <laughs> you like basically move like these little people around. Like I guess like the whole your world got exploded, and you're like one guy, the mayor, and you're trying to like rebuild the world or whatever. So you go to the different like areas. 
and like little guys come out if you do certain tests. It might be like an acorn or like a, a left testicle, someone's nose. <laughs> a left um, testicle, Jesus Christ. Well, it's like that's essentially what the fuck is coming out. It might be like a banana or like some popcorn or something like that. And then what you can do is uh, you can use the acorns to just make trees and then you can combine some of the guys to kind of get like different effects to do different things. Um, to do puzzles and stuff like that, which is actually a really cool concept. Like, uh, for example, like a nose needs to smell a onion to start crying or something like that. So you turn one of the guys into like an onion to get like an island to cry and fill up the ocean or something like that. It's yeah, this is basically a uh, sandbox environment that needs puzzle elements to like excuse itself being more than just like some random experiment by the game's creator. You have yeah. uh, over a hundred of these individual characters. Some of them don't do anything. Some of them you could just walk around, but some of them have special features yeah. like a mouth or a nose or some random other body part or literally a toilet where you could flush other things. And you have to use these abilities to progress the story, which is very, very serious. When you're playing this yeah. game initially, it's like a massive tonal shift because you think this is going to be like an actual like oh, oh. epic game in oh, the absolutely. way that like the opening cutscene literally is like so similar to the Wind Waker opening cutscene. I'm not sure if you oh, played. Oh yeah, it feels like it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um like you're literally at points in this game your mouth like eating things and pooping them out and everything turns into poop and then you can flush it down the toilet and it turns into like golden poop. Like and then it's like super serious immediately after that. Yeah, the the cutscene's like then the world was destroyed. And we were left with nothing except <laughs> except our will to move on. And it's like, Jesus Christ. Yeah, this is the weirdest game ever. And I was actually a little bit worried when I was playing this game because we've had experiences before where you have played a game and it's like, oh, this is a little too wholesome for me. And because of that, I'm not really into it. Well, so so like wholesome is it when I say it's like forced, like, I love you, like that kind of, you know what I mean? Like we're... F this is more like general... General happiness. Whim Everyone's having fun. Yeah, yeah. it's like gem general whimsicality, which I think is like a different concept altogether. Okay. Um, I, do I don't think this game is honestly the greatest thing in the world, though. Yeah, I think it was worth um, $10 is what we paid oh, for it. Yeah. And even $20 is not really that bad of a game. In fact, I really enjoyed my time with this game, mainly due to its un uniqueness factor and like the fact that like it's both legitimately funny there are multiple times where i laughed out loud oh dude i i laughed out loud when he turned into the detective like i was actually like laughing so fucking hard spoiler alert um what or, or, what like, even other is that spoiler what he turns into the detective <laughs> yeah 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 it is things like that but i mean i feel like this game has a shit ton of flaws though like the, oh it's the, broken the controls the controls are fucking terrible some of the worst controls i've ever played in a game like the objectives are literally bring one guy to another place that's like 99 percent of objectives or like climb on top of this thing it's or to do a circle around a thing like th those are literally like the objectives that you kind of just do for an hour and a half and then you beat the game yeah i i feel the Gameplay itself is very simplistic, and um, it's, again, kind of the whole plot is an excuse to have this weird-ass sandbox, but I think the main issue with this game is it's just straight-up broken. I'm not sure. Did you have a lot of, like, literal, like, game-breaking bugs uh, when no, you played this I game? Single, I, I didn't have a single one. Okay, yeah, and I was playing this with my friend because we we don't like playing games co-op, even if they're co-op, because we want, we want a completely blind experience going to this podcast. But we have a mutual friend that we've mentioned on this podcast before, Nino, and I played this game about 50-50 myself. Actually, I beat this entire game myself, but I also beat the entire game with my friend because there was a co-op mode where you could, like, both be in there. Wait, there's and, a co-op mode in this? Yeah, yeah, so we actually played through Steam Remote Play, so your Steam Remote Play is a kind of okay feature where 
if you yeah. have one person has a copy of the game, you're actually able to play with someone else, even if the game doesn't have online multiplayer, just like through through some like streaming ability on Steam. Yeah. It was kind of clunky. It was definitely like laggy and stuff, but. Uh, the co-op mode is very similar to the single-player mode. You just get to basically play with a friend and, and is a little bit more chaotic because you have two people going around. But on his machine, it was perfectly fine. There were absolutely no game-breaking glitches. I don't know if like having newer hardware, because I, I would consider myself uh, with a pretty beefy rig, I had so many issues actually just getting this game to run. There were like certain literal like completely game breaking bugs where the file would not progress reloading the file it would not progress it would not load a cutscene and i like i would either have to completely restart or like do some really weird stuff the ending so I itself i literally had i literally had none of these issues at all whatsoever like i was flawless from start to finish like ability to do everything like i know you mentioned like the game breaking bug with the lighthouse like i didn't experience that at all yeah and and, and our mutual friend nino didn't as well when i was playing with him i mean i looked on the forums you, you and like have so a better you have a better computer than me though so i'm not sure if it's hardware based no i i think it's hardware based and that like it's not meant to run on on very very new machines because this is really a ps4 mm. game first and foremost um, it, and it's, it's definitely a PS4 game first and foremost, considering the main character of this game, basically every single time you move to a new season, that's what they call levels in this game. You have the square circle X and triangle characters, yeah. and that makes up the, the PlayStation that, that makes controller. Well, Katamari, Katamari Damacy was originally a, a PlayStation game, so it makes sense they would kind of keep in that, like, soft universe. Yeah, yeah. Um, but, but yeah, like, the the worst was actually, I, did you beat this game? Yeah. So, I, I beat this game as well, but there is a massively terrible glitch uh, that's facing a lot of the, the PC audience. Like, you go on the forums, more, more than me is just experiencing this. But you will beat the game, it'll go through the credits, immediately crash, and then not, not say you beat the game. So, you have to keep... I, I had to beat the game and just load the credits like five or six times before it actually like saved my progress at all for me i was able to beat the credits then do like the post game stuff to find out like the secret characters which we're not gonna spoil yeah i i i have kind of 100 percent of this game uh in that i actually have 100 percent of this game however steam will not record the progress on my uh my achievements so it does not say 100 percent sorry you know i i didn't didn't bother 100 percent because there's like a lot of things that's like eat a hundred people poop out a hundred people um, and stuff like that. But I, I mean, I, I this game is a hard like six out of ten for me. Like it's cool. It's super cute. If I had like, a girlfriend or something or if I had kids, I think that I'd enjoy this significantly more. This feels like a very much a game to play with someone that doesn't like games very much or maybe someone that's like a lot younger. So I, I said baby game for babies. I mean, there's really two reasons. One, I think this is literally like we're coming at this as like hardened gamers when this is in reality like probably meant for families like as a children's game because oh, it yes. is well, so that, simplistic I can it for that. but the other thing is that there is so much fucking baby talk you are literally playing this game and there's a yeah, like literally babies that, coming that, at that, you from that, every that, direction that, that, every that, single that, character speaks that, in that, baby that, speak that, and they that, speak that, a ton that, 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 that. it's insane it's actually insane but there are a wide variety of different characters, which I did enjoy. I love, like, the different platforms. So how you get from different levels is there's like, these platforms with people on them that kind of fly out you after you after you do, like, a certain objective. 
And then, uh, like, there'll be different themed. So, like, one will be, like, a bowling alley. One will be, like, a table. One will be, like, a birthday cake. Uh, one might be a ship or something like that. And those are, like, they're super cute. They have, like, hands and, like, eyes and, like, talk to you and stuff like that. Like, this game is extremely charming. And I typically don't go for this stuff. But I, I found myself smiling quite a bit uh, through the playthrough. So, like, I'm going to completely uh, probably subvert expectations here and say, like, this is... One of my favorite games we played in the podcast. I would rate this probably a nine out of ten. But, but I really? I recognize that's like a massive, massive bias here. I could like this inherently to me is not a great game. But like it's weird to say it was like a great experience despite it not being a great game. Like, oh yeah, I, I I definitely agree with that. I guess I I'm you're more focused on the experience. I guess I'm more f- focused on gameplay a lot of the time. Like that's what gets me to enjoy everything as kind of a complete package. Um, but that's why I kind of think it's more like a six out of ten because like the experience was is is very uh, enjoyable. You know, it, it's not often you're smiling throughout like an entire playthrough. Yeah, I mean, like, and and this is like a solid six hours of like smiling playthrough, and when you get to the end, I, I like. This, oh, this game's like a, this game's like an hour and a half long. This game's short. No, it's like a four hour game, like legitimately. Really, I beat this game like super fast. I uh, guess I was taking my sweet ass time. How long to beat? We'll we'll say it's about a four hour game. Really? Yep. Oh. Maybe maybe you, it did. Maybe you, I was, every single time you like en- maybe maybe I was enjoying it so much uh, that it took me longer because I have what's it like six hours played on the whole thing, but I was AFK for like literally hours. Yeah, I have ten hours played, but I was AFK for like four hours. But no, I, I was gonna say like uh like I was I was just soaking in the world a lot of time. I the thing like yeah, this game was not not a great game, but like it was one of my most enjoyable experiences. Like I mean like maybe a nine out of ten is very not fair because of that, but like I feel like everyone. AKA us three, me, you, and my friend Nina that played this game, we all had like an extremely enjoyable experience where like even certain games that are considered extremely good, like sure, you're having like a fun gameplay experience, but like you may not may not have like what you could consider like a memorable experience. Like this game has so much charm. There's a rock named oh, yeah. Jeb, and that made me laugh because Jeb Bush <laughs> and Well, I just I feel like we play a lot of games that like I hate to say it like this because it's playing game high stress games. Like I love games where we just get the chill and like it, it feels very how do I say this? Like, like, like relaxing to play something like this. You know, it's like you're enjoying yourself. There's you don't have like a million like missiles flying at you. You have to pay perfect attention to. It's just a bunch of little stupid ass little poop people. You know, <laughs> hanging out, exploding, and you know, I dancing. I have like I, I'm not sure if I've mentioned this on the podcast before, but like I have this like test, or maybe that's not the best word, but it's. It's the extremely shit-faced drunk test, and there are very few games where you could just come home from a night of partying, shit-faced drunk, or whatever your of choice is, and play it and enjoy it. I feel like the quintessential example I use for this is Peggle. You could be, like, literally oh, about yeah. <laughs> to, like, die of alcohol poisoning and lounge in your chair and somehow still play Peggle and get play through Peggle. This, this game is not as high on the scale as Peggle, but it's like I could definitely imagine coming home from a party playing this game, booting it up and enjoying the sandbox. I mean, like, the thing is, this game has a... It's obviously put replay value a little bit in mind. Like, it has some pretty crazy environmental... Like, if you're playing this game at night, after you... So, we're, uh, spoilers. Wii U, Wii U. After you beat the game, uh, you kind of unlock, like, this weird uh, background in a way where it, like, reflects a few things uh but like one of the yeah. things it reflects is like the actual time of day so like if you're playing this game it'll be different at night versus the day uh there's a lucky item every day which is disappointing and that it doesn't mean anything it's kind of just like a horoscope 
Um, yeah. But like, it's one of those games where I feel like you could boot this up every three to six months well, and this and enjoy it. My this is actually my main criticism of the game is I feel it didn't do enough with the mechanics. Like, because like I was describing earlier, like you can eat like two enemies, oh excuse me, two people, and then it like comes out as like a new one. I feel like it didn't do enough to like combine like the different intricacies of like the individual um, people to make it interesting. Like literally every mission or puzzle was like just bring the one guy to the thing. And there'd be, like, one that was, like, oh, combine the two things to get, like, this guy or whatever and stuff like that. I feel like I would have had a lot more fun with it if it if it really adventured with that. Because I don't see myself just sitting and, like, doing that for fun because you don't really get anything out of it other than, you know, seeing them dance and poop. Like, I agree with you from a perspective of the plot but like one of the main draws of this game is uh what i would like just like not even just the music but the audio in general first of all there's an amazing theme song in this game that's been stuck in my head for the past <laughs> week what tom like it's it's dope and i i actually yeah. i played this this week felt super long to me because usually i play these games uh towards the end of the week but i like i 100 percent of this game like so we do these podcasts on saturday night i yeah. i 100 of this game by like tuesday and i'm just like what do i do for the next four days but like <laughs> that song's been stuck in my head uh same with the parappa the rapper music has been stuck in my head i'm still i'm still singing parappa the rapper i'm still like uh, fucking still disappointed. Stop the, the car. Game stop. Th- stop the car. Yeah, no. That I. I'm like. I actually like. I actually want to get into this. Like, I've had some retrospective on Parappa. That's probably the most disappointed I've ever been in the game because I literally love ninety percent of that game, but that ten percent is the gameplay that is just absolute fucking trash. Yeah, yeah. I'm so upsetting. I love. Ev- I love that game. I love everything about it, but it's not fun to play. I agree with that. I mean, at the same time, I would say this game completely subverted my expectations that I had literally zero going into this because I had no idea what the game was. I just knew you could play as a toilet and but you yeah, got to play um, as a toilet. I, I was kind of <laughs> <laughs> I, I just like flushing the people down and they come out as golden poops. Um, I, I did want to, I made a point earlier about um, the camera. The camera's fucking terrible. Every single game in the Katamari universe has the worst camera imaginable. I feel like it has to be intentional at this point. That and then the controls are pretty garbage as far as, like, you have to, like, link hands and you're, like, stuck and moving the guys around. I I just feel like gameplay-wise, it was a lot of um, feel-good frills and not, like, I don't know, actually engaging gameplay. Oh, but, but, uh, like, to go back on my point, because, like, I I thought this was pretty engaging. I'm not sure if you noticed, but uh, one of the main draws, and I remember, actually, this was something they did advertise and it did live up to it, is that... Um, there is basically, you know, like every single game when you're in a world, there's like uh, music in the background, uh, just kind of some ambient noise. But each individual character has their own uh, alterations on the background music. And when you stack yeah. characters, it actually like combines that. So you can kind of make your own oh, I didn't your, even your own that. beats. And like, that's actually really cool. Like, I might go back and actually buy the soundtrack for this game because there's a lot of cool stuff in here. Um, I, I guess for me, it's like I love sandbox game stuff like that. If you're like building towards a goal. But I feel like all those things you're doing sandboxing in this game, like after you beat it and stuff like that, you're kind of just building towards like nothing. I want to say you're just kind of doing it just to do it. Like in Minecraft, you're building to you're building a house to build a house, and this you're stacking like a trumpet and a fork to have different music. You know what I mean? It's cool. It's cute. I love this game. It just I don't know. Maybe I'm not the the type of person. Well, I mean, like I. The fact that you beat this game, sure, it's a short game, but like that that speaks volumes compared to some other games that we just like enjoy that we haven't beat. I I will say like this is one of those games where I'm not sure if you've had this experience, but like I've had like friends over or like I've been hanging out with people and like 
one of us will be like, hey, we're bored. What do you want to play? And we just like go through all those weird games we've bought and like yeah. have fun with them for like five, ten minutes. I feel like this is th- totally that game. Yeah, this is one of those games where like we're going to like play this like once every like six months or like I am going to play this like once every six months. I'm like, oh, this is fun. And like it's, it's just one of those experiences you're just going to have over I and over again. I think it's worth every penny, to be honest. For $10. For $10, I think, I think it's, it's worth, worth every penny. penny. I think even for $20, I laughed at this so much that uh, I I definitely uh, think that it's worth $20. However, I could see $20 kind of being the upper ceiling of what this game is worth. I thought, like, yeah. this game did look pretty cool, like, when it was not broken. It has a cool art style, and it's nice it's, to see. The it. art style is wonderful. I love, like, the different, like, particle effects. Like, even, like, the grass. You get, like, the mo. uh option like towards the end you get like a yeah. little uh mower you like mowing the grass down i don't know if you can do anything with that but um like the like the different effects like the water effects like uh, everything about this game is extremely charming so it's extremely charming it's just like extremely surface level so it's one of those things where you're you're especially after post game you're gonna have like five minute experiences max the whole thing though is that i mean like this is basically mother four right yeah dude this is mother four you're saving your mom yeah that's mommy Mommy four. <laughs> like, there's a character that's that's named, like, Mother or something. I'm like, oh, that's a weird coincidence. We should probably beat Mother three, both of us, huh? Probably. We really should. What? My we're New Year's just, resolution, just... my, my gaming New Year's resolution is to beat all the games that, like, are beatable from last year's podcast, and Mother three is at the top like, of the list. Like, games that we want to play. Yeah, yeah, not, mean, like, no, not like, no, uh, not like, not like Toki. Yeah, Toki. Well, I beat Toki, because I'm kind of oh, a badass. Why aren't you fucking cool? Well, I beat it with safe states, so I'm less cool. But, uh, uh <laughs> well, we were, Toki is like, literally like, oh, if you die like three more times in the final level, you have to restart the game. I'm like, I'd rather I wouldn't mind going back to things like, like cave story but it's like i like my i would have to start from the beginning uh because i am uh very stupid and had the game on hard mode one hit one death so it's like impossible to beat so i don't know it's just one of those things where like cave story was built at a time where the attention economy wasn't uh really considered so i beat cave story once and i don't really feel like doing all that weird bullshit that's not explained to get to the correct ending oh okay yeah that's right. Well, you're a bitch. What's your gamer resolution? Did you tell me? Um, I'm probably to finish. Like, I'm gonna try to finish as many games as possible that aren't like forty hour games. If a game is like eight hours, there's no reason why I shouldn't be able. To I feel like that's boring because that's the one I did. I don't know. Like, maybe not suck at games. I guess or like, I want to pick more. Like, I picked too many triple A titles this year. I feel like I want to pick more like super fucking bad games. Because I think they're, like, funnier to talk about and stuff like that. What Dana is trying to say is he wants this podcast to fail. He wants, like, the three people who are in the Trapped community to be like, oh, shit, someone made a video on Trapped. When I'm going to be like... <laughs> that was your game. <laughs> you picked Trapped. Fuck you. When I'm going to be like, oh, this week's game is Call of Duty Black Ops 4, man. We're playing this on release. <laughs> that's, that's like, straight up what I'm picking next week, actually. Oh, God. I mean, Call of Duty Black Ops... Uh, there is a 4, right? I, I don't... I don't I remember know. the last Where'd Call of Duty you... I played was Call of Duty 4, Modern Warfare. We're going to have a death match in fucking Modern Warfare 2. I mean, I would probably fucking destroy you because I'm the best at first-person shooters of all time. Actually, I'm Nade well, Shot. In... Welcome to the Nade Shot and Sphinctus podcast. Really? Yeah. That'd be sick. That'd be sick as fuck. Yeah, I'm sorry I'm me, and I'm sorry I'm not Nade Shot. Well, I'm really good at surfing. That's like my shit in like first-person shooter games. Where you look like Leafy. You got that weak-ass chin. That's... Dude, I got like fucking four chins right now because I've been eating McDonald's and fucking rice every day. That's hyper leafy. There we go. That's. 
That's all you so need. So, first off, for speaking of needing, I'm going to talk about some fucking actual news for once. Um, we're always talking about, like, the CD Projekt Red shit with the fucking, We're uh, always talking so about it, like, this game's been released for, like, the entire podcast. Dude, like, the, so no. it's, like, the last, like, five weeks we've talked about Cyberpunk uh, 2077 and fucking Twitch. But, uh, Cyberpunk, the team behind, uh, Cyberpunk, uh, CD Projekt Red, they're actually getting sued by their investors because of how they released the game and, like, how, like, the negative press is causing them money and stuff like that. So, so, I think so is- they're, okay, okay, no, continue. Okay. No, 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 no. You, 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 okay. you said, no, okay, I, okay. I, I, like, I'll, I'll admit I didn't read this, and when I saw a class action lawsuit, I assumed this was on the consumers for, like, having a shitty PS4 release. But no, you're saying the investors are the ones actually creating this lawsuit. Correct. They're pissed. Why are they pissed? Because they're, they were lied to? They're, well, because, like, they had, to, so they had to cancel, like, it, it got removed from the PlayStation Store, like, all sorts of other fucking shit that caused um, them lots of revenue, which, I mean, that's a genuine concern. It's very upsetting that, uh, you know, they're the team behind Witcher 3, which is, like, a beloved game, which I've never played. Everyone says it's fucking amazing. I've but, um, seen people play it, and it seems fun. It is crazy how easily a studio could fall. Like, it literally is one of those things where you have to have a batting average of near 100%. Uh, it, like if 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 you come out with anything that's considered like good, if you if every game isn't that quality or less or, or excuse me or the same or higher, like they everyone hates you. Like you're yeah, it, it's done. pretty crazy considering like even in the movie space, like a director will have a bad movie, but like they generally seem more forgiving than video games. Maybe it's just due to the fact that like video games cost so much money and time to develop. It's like the yeah the expectations are. I, maybe it's I think it might be more due to the fact that like I feel like the process for creating games is more transparent it's- than movies. Yeah, well, that and it's fucking terrible, like, the amount of work they put these guys into. Well, no, I feel like uh, for <laughs> the reason why people do crunch is because it actually produces results. Like, I, I like sadly, crunch is the reason why a lot of these games are so good, right? Yeah, because they got to get it done and stuff like that. Yeah, but, like... And I, I imagine they had to, like, their administrators were like, you need to fucking release this game, like, that you're contractually obligated to release this by Christmas so we can get that sweet Christmas money, and that's, like, why they're suing them. Yeah, I, I, I definitely can see that being the case. I mean, like, I don't think, like, Cyberpunk is lacking on sales, even after taking off the PS4 revenue. It's still one I of the most popular it, games of all my, time. So my understanding, it's not getting anywhere near it projected. I could be wrong, though. I think, according to numbers... It was one of the most popular games, like in terms of sales of 2020, which I guess even even if it wasn't inter- entirely like meeting their projections, like that still probably could have been the case. But I wonder if that includes the refunds given. I feel like that's not really a common situation. So I could see these sites that like gamer gameinfo.biz or whatever we were using last week had it projecting as like one of the top selling games. You got to trust those dot biz domains. They're- oh, yeah. But even if something's a top selling game, like th- th- how many times like in the movie industry, they're like, oh, this is, is going to be a top selling movie, but it doesn't hit their mark, you know, because of all the hype and buzz behind something, they can kind of a- anticipate it being towards something. And I feel like that's like an argument they can make in court because of them taking it down. Or they could say because of the quality, they didn't make as much money as they could have that maybe that's a different argument yeah you you hear those arguments in like the movie industry like this like this game or this this has to be literally the number three in the box office ever to actually make any profit and it's like oh they do it because it's like some Avengers shit but like absolutely crazy costs requiring absolutely crazy sales absolutely so they're actually down 21 percent sales forecasts oof that's less good than they want yeah so 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 they were um 
projected selling 19.2 million at launch and 31.4 million after a year. Now those forecasts see launches sales at 15.1 minus 4.1 million uh and almost tw- uh 21% at uh 2.5 million. Uh, no, excuse me, 25.4 million away from their uh 31 million. So I mean that's like they're kind of pissed. I guess and I now- I understand why investors are pissed because like investors don't actually like under like I feel like so many situations we see are like shareholders just trying to increase short term profits and like they don't actually care about the the well being of the game. But like I wonder if Cyberpunk is going to be one of those games where uh like has a large uptick in sales like over not large uptick in sales over time but so like, in se- in seven months it's gonna be considered one of the best games of all time yeah yeah and we, we've talked about that where like games have a play date versus a uh yeah. release date but yeah i i feel like this game will probably have good sales uh like later in 2021 but at that point it's not gonna be a newer title it's gonna be selling at 50 percent off i could see them just not making their their I mean, to be honest, I could see us playing this in like July, yeah, like, as as like for the for, like the podcast or something like we that. We played Death like Stranding when it when it got on PC. I mean, this game is gonna this is PC initially, but yeah, it's probably gonna be good. Like Death Stranding, maybe it has some glitches on PS4, but like that game was flawless. Yeah, the game like felt so good to play. Yeah, so I it, actually I wish I actually put that on like some of my favorite games for the year because I think that game is definitely like a game of the year contender. We talked about it last week. I think people aren't patient enough for it. Donkey. Should should we should we call him out? I know he nah, listens to the I podcast. Mean, yeah, dude, I bet. Do <laughs> you know who else listens to um this podcast? Y- your mom. Oh, I th- I thought you were going to say uh, a a certain YouTuber that we're both not fans of cuz he's trying to get into small podcasting. Fuck GameStar. What else <laughs> is new? Literally anything else uh, besides this? Uh, Dogecoin. So it's funny, like with the whole cryptocurrency thing, we see Bitcoin ballooning up to like thirty three k. It what it was at like what twenty six before like a year ago, and then it crashed to nothing. And people were like, "Cryptos are over," and now it's at thirty three fucking k. Dogecoin, you know, like the the meme Doge dog, whatever. Um, popular in twenty twelve. Yeah, it was it. It has gone up like a hundred and twenty five percent in the past like month. It's almost at a cent. To for example, it was at like. Oh god, it was at like two cents like in November. So to see it go up this much, like people made a shit ton of fucking money off a fucking meme. It's the twenty fifth largest. It's I think excuse me, twenty second largest crypto coin in the world. Yeah, didn't they have like a like, little NASCAR uh, car sponsored by Dogecoin? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like this is like a huge thing. Like because people would get like millions of Dogecoin for like nothing. So it's like people made a shit ton of money. Um, it's all over Twitter right now. I think it's kind of cool. Well, so. I remember I like I feel like we talked about this like privately that like I I remember buying like twenty five or like fifty dollars of Dogecoin in like uh twenty thirteen or fourteen because I'm like this is a funny meme and like both of us just like losing our wallets. Yeah, it's on like a hard drive that I can't access. We right should now. be Dogecoin million millionaires. We could be doing this podcast forty hours a week, one episode every three days, just constantly gaming, constantly talking about gaming, constantly gaming, constantly talking about gaming, constantly gaming, constantly talking about gaming, but instead. We just have short-term memory loss. What's the deal with anything besides cryptocurrency? Because, like, I feel like whenever someone says, like... What the fuck? Whatever, you, I was like... You know, you were like, I got things. I don't know. Like, I feel like everyone was just busy with, like, the holidays. But whenever, like, anyone... Try, like, I, I've invested heavily in cryptocurrency because I saw the writing on the wall but even then it's just like if someone tries to talk to me about cryptocurrency my mind shuts down and i want to like 
literally do anything else, you know? Well, because I know you had, like, uh, other currencies. Did you get anything new, or, like, it's just, like, the same shit you had? Goatsy coin. Goatsy coin. The the logo is, like, the cropped part of Goatsy that everyone loves. Like, shaped like a coin? Yeah, the the circle part of Goatsy. <laughs> so now what? Now what? I guess we could talk about Twitch a little bit. What's going on on Twitch? Oh, yeah, Twitch is shitting the bed the past couple of days. Yeah, this, so... From a from a viewer perspective and a streamer, really from anyone using the platform Twitch, their perspective is like, oh, this sucks, like, especially because, like, a lot of people are on break and they just want to watch Twitch and, like, Twitch has been absolutely, like, I've, I've never seen Twitch have as many issues in the past, that they, no. than, like, this past week where, like, literally for hours at a time, multiple days of the last week, like, Twitch has been straight up down or, like, you're able to watch the stream with no other features being available on the website. Yep. But... This is quite literally the absolute worst nightmare from a software development perspective of all time. Like, uh, people are, are making speculation, oh, this is due to, like, them messing with, like, ad blocker stuff, and it's, like, coming back and biting them. I saw that on, like, live stream fail. This is not due to them doing anything, no, because no, 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 no one... Companies entirely shut down around the holidays because they know that, A, a lot of people are on vacation. They're not going to be able to, like, actually develop things and, like, fix things if necessary. But, like, B, just, like, a lot of these companies, especially, like, Amazon around Christmas time and, like, with returns and, like, purchases, like, they don't want their websites having instability so they don't release new features. This is just, like, I guess a server shitting the bed. Even then, yeah. you're having a lot of people like come back from vacation trying to fix this. This sounds like the worst nightmare from a software engineering perspective. Oh, ever. like come back from work and it's like, hey, this is all getting fucked right now. No, it's How like it's, it? it's not even coming back from work. It's like, oh, I'm literally on vacation in the Bahamas with. Oh, I hope not in the Bahamas with travel, etc. But like, it's like I am taking my vacation because I need to take my vacation legally from work. I'm a salaried employee by Amazon. Oh. I am literally on vacation at three in the morning trying to fix this goddamn server that's on fire. Uh, holy shit. I feel bad for the employees, but it's... Well, I mean, they, to be honest, it's like they should think, like, it's the holidays. Everyone's going to be home. What the fuck do you think they're going to do? They're going to be watching Twitch. No, but the the whole thing about Amazon is they have the literal largest uh, server supply in the world due to the fact that they run the largest cloud computing organization. Twitch should yeah, not true. be having this issue. It really shouldn't. It's kind that's of actually sad. Really, that's actually really scary about how Amazon thinks about Twitch if this is happening then. No, I, I think that honestly, like they, they're giving Twitch as much computing power as they need. They wouldn't spend multiple billions of dollars on a service and then like not starve them of resources, you know? At the same time, yeah. like it's... Things shit the bed. I don't know what happened. I can't speak to why there is a outage. Uh, they've had major outages before, not just Twitch, but Amazon. I, I'm, I'm recalling like PTSD from like an S3, which is like everything that's like stored on the cloud. Like think, think your Google Drive, but like for for corporations, there was a massive outage yeah. like two or three years ago that like affected the entire internet like for a very long oh, time. Man. That probably would have been very bad. Yeah, but like th these things happen on a larger scale. I'm just, like, thinking, like, wow, this really, 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 really sucks from a person that works from Amazon's perspective. Even more than, like, working for Amazon in general. If you don't know, like, it's the most stressful software engineering, like, place to be Amazon Web Services and anything working with servers at Amazon. Sounds shitty. And I feel bad for them, but kind of make your bed in that situation. I mean, Twitch is, like, facing a couple interesting things, specifically from the legislation standpoint. Like... This is something that I feel like no one's talking about. Maybe I'm making a big deal about this, but there is a anti-corruption law that was passed in the U.S. Um, and 
I kind of didn't really reveal why I was bringing this, was, this up. This was was it was it Section two thirty or whatever? Um, I forget the exact number, but uh, there was a historic anti corruption law passed in the U.S. that banned shell companies, and a part of this is that if you have a LLC or small company, which is like what a lot of these shell companies are based Everyone off. Everyone does, yeah. Um. One of the features that you could have there is like anonymity, depending on where you make it uh, known. Like certain states require you have your name on the on the LLC, while others like allow you to kind of just just pass the buck and say, "Oh, we're we're yes, anonymous enterprises." But one of the big things that I see streamers do is they create an anonymous LLC for like all their streaming expenses, and I wonder if this is going to affect how streamers do business because. We'll we'll see in in the oh, short term. Well, a lot term. of streamers have LLCs and stuff. Like yeah, that's that. what I'm saying. And a lot of them have LLCs that are made anonymously, so they don't have to like literally dox themselves in order to accept donations from from business. Yeah, because like once an, once an LLC is is public, then it's like anyone can kind of look that up and see like where they their shit. You know. I wonder who's running Forsen LLC. But no, maybe they'll have middlemen or something like that. But yeah, one of the reasons why as a streamer you get an LLC is because uh, you're able to create a PayPal business account uh, for pretty much everything. But if you like are just doing that uh, illegitimately, um, like they try to verify your your business's information, they'll just like freeze your account. And even if you have money in there, you just straight up won't be able to take it out. And like you actually see some streamers that like usually it doesn't happen to larger streamers because they actually take it more seriously. And if you're part of it, usually I feel like it happens usually with streamers that are like on the up and up and they like don't know how to handle it. And then it's like, oh shit, everything's frozen. Yeah. Like, and I've seen people lose like hundreds or like even like low thousands of dollars just from like not having an LLC. But like, yeah, when, when you have an LLC, like it allows you to, to basically legitimize your contract work for Twitch. And I don't know. I'm like, I personally think that a lot of stream, like, so this is maybe a controversial opinion, but I feel like streaming and the worry of doxing is probably overblown. I feel like streamers should definitely keep boundaries within themselves and the streamer. Or I, I the think viewers. it depends on how big you are. Like if someone like XQC or Forsen had their address public, they would absolutely be swatted within minutes. I feel like it's not like, okay, this don't <laughs> as a viewer of this podcast, I assuming you are a responsible, uh, intelligent human being and you're not going to go do this but i feel like if you are a public figure this information is relatively findable and unless you're going through like multiple attorneys like i feel like someone could get execution information correct but i'm talking about the average shithead who's just like not thinking like that 12 year old thinks they're memeing and they do something horrible without thinking about the consequences because that's kind of stuff happens all the time it's preventing a lot of that you know it's a barrier of because if someone that is smart enough to do something, they're going to do it. This is more preventing, like the I guess the random incidents. Yeah, maybe. it's it's definitely something where if so, if if someone really wanted to find out where you are, nothing is going to prevent them from doing that. Like people who are legitimately crazy are going to get there eventually. It's, it's one of those. Like I personally have seen a lot of people um, really worried about like information that they have on the internet that was like before they really cared about their privacy. And honestly, like in those situations, uh, if someone really, really, really wanted to find out information for you, you can't really scrub those things and it's kind of a shitty no. situation. But <laughs> I mean, all that being said, like if you're a massive streamer, sure, but I, I don't I don't think the difference of having your name on an LLC is gonna is gonna have that much of an effect. Like it, if you're already looking up someone's LLC, like you probably are more motivated than the average person who uh, 
Well, but it's like uh, the point I'm making is that just makes it significantly easier to find said information. Like searching someone's LLC is significantly easier than finding like scrubbing some random forum trying to find an email, then searching that email, looking up on a database, looking for you know, like doing that kind of shit. You know, like true. But I feel like the average shithead's like twelve and doesn't really understand what an LLC is. But I I would feel like they would know how to search an LLC versus doing like any of the other like social engineering type stuff to right, get any other information. Right. That's that's fair. I like. But for for the vast majority of streamers, so like the the weird thing about Twitch is that there are streamers that uh, like kind of came from from a large audience in general, and like you, those are generally the people. Yeah. Like okay, there are streamers that came from a large audience in another platform, like YouTube. Like I feel like Crip is a good example of that. Like he was partnered yeah. like before he actually even streamed, and those are generally the people you see with large chats or those who like are, get like I'm trying to think like how many streamers grow organically from nothing to have like a chat like uh xqc or something like that usually they come from other platforms yeah it's very rare to see that usually streamers who are on the up and up uh come up with like a community that they're very very close to and like they have like their own like like mods that they speak to regularly well like like even that but it's like oh like your mods you actually kind of know them and like you you chat with them regularly while like someone like xqc like i don't know how many mods he has but like he probably doesn't speak to that many individuals in his community at the same level as other streamers to to be honest i can actually attest to like a lot of those high-end streamers like they actually do speak with their mod team and like know them like on a personal level they have to because the amount of effort those mods are putting in and stuff like that some some of the even top end streamers like i know trains rex he even pays his mods he's like i listen i want to get us in discord we're going to talk like i'm going to pay you like your full-time job is going to be to mod my chat because that's like what's most important but you need to do your job type shit you know no but okay so okay i'll I'll admit, I'll concede on that. I didn't realize that because I don't watch that many larger streamers. But what I'm saying is like you see a lot of these people go grow with organic communities that like are very personable. And sure, there are very, very deep, probably unhealthy personal or not personal, uh, unhealthy parasocial relationships that come of it. But like I feel like in most of those situations, like the people care enough about the person that like they're even if that information is out there, they wouldn't act on it. So like I feel I dude like that is it depends on who you are, man. Like I watch Destiny and people are literally like dox him and like try to like get like you know please send on his like child like shit like crazy but, but shit. But that is like, not the type of person I'm talking about here. I'm talking. About, I know. I know. I'm I talking know. about the I, the low level partner who who is has a fun community that they hang out with. Like I I feel like when you especially get into controversial streaming about political debates, there are people who literally want you dead. Destiny is like yeah. the worst example of like, <laughs> like really anything. Like the, the 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 all the way extreme edge of uh, yeah what this could be. I I really think when you start getting into like the the bigger streamers, I feel like Crip probably doesn't have to worry about it as much in other than like crazy um parasocial relationships because he's such I don't want to say milk toast, but he's not like. He he's not like overly offensive. Like he's a very enjoyable streamer to watch. No, Crip is also one of those people where like, sure, he has like on red and like very small, uh, quote unquote celebrities in his chat. But like, Crip also just like doesn't talk to people in his chat. Like he'll read like something every now and then. But like, I don't feel like people who watch Crip think they have a relationship with Crip. They're watching Crip. While certain other yeah. streamers, they might feel like they have a legitimate like relationship yeah. with the streamer and that's, i think that's that what this, this feels like it might be a social relationship it might be a a worse problem with like um 
like streamers that have like let's say like 200 viewers that's where i think like you can have some like really scary like parasocial relationships especially like some like the female streamers and stuff like that i imagine they have to deal with like a lot of scary things okay so what i'm gonna do is i'm gonna take the l on this one hardcore saying this is not really a big deal because maybe it's just me my personal experiences with streaming uh leaking out i i would not be Wait, what are you taking the L on? We're just having a conversation. I'm taking the L because every single conversation I have with you is a debate. And if I lose, I beat myself up over it. And, like, I don't really consider you, like, a friend at all. I just consider you, like, a sparring opponent in the world of words. And don't look me. Don't don't look at me in the eyes. Okay, I won't. I won't. Do you ever call out people? Like, let's say you're hanging out with people and, like, you, like... Like the room you're hanging out is like right next to the bathroom. You hear them; they use the bathroom, but then they just walk out. You don't hear them wash their hands. Do you ever say something to them? Oh yeah, one hundred percent. But like, especially during COVID, I'm proud of you. It's like that Todd and Aaron thing from this year. It's like new technology I've never had to use before. Uh, soap, soap. Yeah, they're very good at what they do. No, guys, Dana is my friend. I mean, if if we want to get political debate. I mean, like, the the other thing that may actually impact streaming, kinda, is is the whole COVID relief bill being stalled. Yeah. One of the things in there was that DMCA provision, which honestly, I'm just gonna straight out say it, I overreacted, the entire internet overreacted, I still got Reddit karma, so I'm, I'm okay, I'll, I'll make it out on top, but looking more and more <laughs> into that, once when people actually saw the bill, it's pretty obvious that it's aimed towards um, sites that illegally stream movies and other, like, blatantly illegal acts. Well... Yeah, like, what, like, what, like when you search, like, movies, like, X movie one, two, streaming three, Reddit. put locker... Uh, I am more interested how this um, affects, like, anime streaming websites, because you know everyone's using, like, these illegitimate anime streaming websites the thing is like are that. they anymore the, i i'm definitely not a like avid anime watcher now i used to be and like that was really the only way I, to watch certain I shows definitely still am and a lot of people still definitely no, a lot are, of people definitely still do that. but like crunchyroll did not exist in 2008 you really if yeah, you wanted to watch your show you had to watch it on kiss anime dot whatever yeah but now there's the, okay, the kiss anime is still there and there are other websites that have things that Crunchyroll doesn't have, and they have them in 1080p. They have that sick shit on Kiss Anime. Well, as a pair, the stuff that Crunchyroll well, is, couldn't air for for legal reasons. So the problem is, is that you have to buy Crunchyroll Premium. You can't just buy the regular Crunchyroll to get like 1080p. Versus all these websites have 1080p I mean, for free. I don't, I don't I know. Like, if if you're making a product and you have teams working on it, like you should expect people to pay for it. Like, I I I definitely think that it's stupid that like. All these websites like HBO Max, Netflix, etc., they're all breaking up. It's basically becoming cable again. But like, I'm not, I'm not saying at the basis they don't deserve to Here's ask my for thing. money. Here, I'm gonna I, I, hold on. I'm gonna ask. This is my, my my take on this thing. Is I have no problem paying for things, but if I have to pay for seven different websites, go fuck yourself. I'm gonna start pirating true, again. True, I agree with that. I like. I feel like anime only has one though, and it's Crunchyroll. Maybe that's a good bit. Maybe we I, should go into I like. Maybe we should get like the rights to all like that weird ass anime that like Crunchyroll refuses to air for like uh, reputation like, reasons, like Icon, like like, uh, like, uh, like Bible Black or like Boku no <laughs> Bible Pico. Black. We'll, we'll like we'll go into like Netflix, like produce our own original content, like or content, like Bi- what's Bible Brown? That's let's not go. <laughs> okay, that Brown is terrible. <laughs> I was just thinking oh of a different God. color. I wasn't even thinking of that. <laughs> oh no! Oh no! Jesus.
Hey guys, hope you enjoyed the episode. If you liked it a lot, make sure to rate us five stars on iTunes and subscribe on whatever podcast app you use. Here's Dana with a ditty. Diddy, 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 look at my titty. Give us five stars so we can go fars. (laughs) That and more if you continue to support. (laughs) When's Mortal Kombat come out? Uh... April. What?